0: Welcome to The Uncomfortable Truth, I'm Alan Weiss, and today's subject is tough love. We make tough decisions, right, personally and professionally. We have to if we're going to be successful. But too often we're concerned about hurting someone's feelings, or being seen in a bad light, because we won't be liked. I was working with a pool company in North Carolina, and aside from the objectives for the program, for the project, it turned out that the vice president of R&D was in a bunker in the basement. His realm was in the basement, and he had turned it into a bunker because none of the other vice presidents wanted to work with him, and the president, too, was very upset with him. He was political, he didn't get things done, he was holding up the commercialization of products, and he was blaming everybody else. And his people were sort of rallied behind him in the basement. President said, go down and coach him. I said, I can't coach him, he doesn't want to be helped. We both know that. You've had three consultants here before, and they haven't coached him out of there. President says, well, what do we? What do you suggest we do? You're charging me a lot of money. I said, fire him. He said, fire him? I can't do that. I said, of course you can do that. It's you your power. You can fire for cause. I said, you're worried that people won't like you. I got news for you. If you give him a decent severance and you treat him well, humanely, let him resign, he'll feel very, very good about himself and about you. He said he'd never accept it. I said, all right, give me a shot. So I go down to the bunker, I'm allowed in, and I said to the vice president, look, if we give you a really great severance, will you sign a resignation package and go? He said, I would, but I don't believe they'll do that. I said, if I can get it, will you sign it? He said, yeah. Back upstairs I go, I'm losing weight here. And I said to the president, get your HR person up here and let her do something useful for a change and let's dictate a quick severance. And so we did, about seven points, And each point the HR person objected to, and each time she objected, the both of us told her to be quiet and just write. And so it was a six-month payment, full salary, benefits for six months, insurance for six months, the uh, agreement that there would be no negative uh, reference or testimonial. We would simply verify his dates there and say it was a company policy not to provide qualitative feedback, and so on and so forth. I went back downstairs with this. He said, is this for real? I said, yes. You can sign here, you resign right now, take your personal things, leave the building. And he did. About five months later, we were told that somebody saw him in a supermarket. And he had lost weight, he had a tan, he had a new job, and he was happy as could be. And that's what happens when you understand that you have to treat some people with some tough love. It was in his best interest, not just the organization's. If we're doing the other person a favor, we're putting them in a better position. That's really all that matters. Why do we punish children? Because when we don't, they continue the bad behavior. And as long as the punishment is proportional, it makes sense. I think most of us were punished as children, if we were children. And those of you who have children probably have punished them in one way or another. Why don't we tell people they have lettuce in their teeth? Or they have dirt on their shirt? It's because we don't want to seem to be offensive and not liked. We don't want to embarrass them. Yet, they'll be a lot more embarrassed when they walk into the business meeting with a head of lettuce in their mouth. Healthy people accept help and aren't defensive; They are thankful. That's not unsolicited feedback for the sender. It's helpful, pragmatic help for the receiver. The difference is that it's often uncomfortable for the sender. You see, when a sender gives unsolicited feedback for himself or herself, They're getting the plaudits, they're showing you up, they're saying I know better. But when they're giving you feedback that's uncomfortable for them, that's productive. That's tough love. You know, one of the troubles with the National Speakers Association, you know, where I've been a member for ages and ages and ages, I'm in the Hall of Fame, is that when you go to a chapter meeting and people practice, they're told lies. They're told that that was fabulous, and you looked great, and the content was fascinating, when it was dull as hell. And as a visitor there, as a guest there, and I watched this, I said to myself, why are they hurting this person? Why don't they feel better about this person? Why don't they believe this person's healthy enough to accept the honest truth? Because right now, they're encouraging this person to fail. And that's that's horrible. If you can't tell someone the truth for fear of being disliked, then you don't really care for them at all that much, or at least more than you care for your own ego. This is the fallacy of the boss whom everyone loves. The boss's position, the boss's charter is not to be loved. It's to be successful. It's to be productive. It's to meet goals, not to win a popularity contest. We grow up with great respect for teachers and athletic coaches, for example, who were tough with us fostering successful habits that served us better later in life, but not with the ones who let us slide along and avoid responsibility, which we loved at the time because we were immature at the time. When we don't confront and apply tough love, we enable poor behaviors and poor choices by default. And that's why you see some ridiculous behaviors among adults today. It's why we see unethical behavior and tantrums and immature responses and defensiveness among people in positions where we'd expect them to know better. Their behavior has been enabled for most of their lives by parents, teachers, bosses, colleagues who thought they were being helpful but just weren't practicing tough love. Life is about some sacrifice, some trade-offs, right? An occasional step backward. That's unavoidable, it's part of the growth process. Complaints fly best and easiest in strong winds, which is why aircraft carriers turn into the wind to launch planes and to receive them. It's why airports send planes to runways with the wind roaring down them. Sailboats move fastest with strong winds, which is why they carry as many sails as their boats permit. We need to be able to be successful in winds and not mind the winds. It's what creates change in movement and speed. Tough times test us. Bumps in the road test us. We shouldn't make times easy and smooth out bumps because then we remove the test and we remove the learning. You know, the opposite of this is these wealthy parents lately cheating to get their kids into colleges in which the kids would probably cheat to get through. If you've talked to some of these kids, if you listen to them, particularly that model's daughter, you wonder how she got out of grammar school. There's never been tough love there, which means there hasn't been much love there. It's tough to give tough love, but that is reflective of true love, and that is the uncomfortable truth.